0: growing in God's Word and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh.
1: I'm going to go on a diet this year or I want to lose some weight or I'm going to join the gym or uh, I want to save more money or I want to not spend as much money, or I want to learn how to slow down, or I'm going to get home from the office earlier, or I'm going to spend more time with my kids, or, you know, we make all different kinds of resolutions.
0: Can you believe it's 2016? The start of a brand new year is upon us, and that always provides the opportunity to take stock in our lives and make some New Year's resolutions. For followers of Jesus, any thoughts of improvement or changes in our lives should always start with the spiritual. So... Have you made any spiritual New Year's resolutions?
1: Most of the time, the resolutions that we make are of a physical nature, a material nature. But what about the spiritual? How many of us make spiritual New Year's resolutions?
0: Hello and welcome to Crosswalk. It's a brand new year, but we're continuing our series we started in 2015 entitled Building on the Basics. Currently, we're in 1 Peter, Building on the Basic of Hope. Today we're jumping into chapter 4 of 1 Peter, and the timing couldn't be better. Pastor Clay is going to show us today how the Apostle Peter challenges us to answer the calling as a follower of Jesus. And he challenges us in some very practical ways.
1: Arm yourselves also with the same purpose that Christ had when He came, the same purpose of dying in the flesh. Dying to myself creates an opportunity for me to not give in to sin.
0: Following Jesus is not easy in this world, but as we're going to hear today, it's vitally important that we understand clearly and respond obediently to God's call on our lives. Thanks for starting your new year off with us. Now here's Pastor Clay. I lead you to the, cross.
1: the basics of hope. Anybody need hope in their life? Uh, it doesn't mean that, that necessarily you're in the midst of a calamity or tragedy. Some of you may be. As we've talked leading up to this, you know, brand new year, some of what happens this year may be tragic in some of our lives. But but even if we're not at that state, that doesn't mean that we don't need hope for our lives, hope for our year ahead of us, hope for our, our children or our families, hope for our, our vocation, hope for... Uh, Whatever all it might be in our lives, hope is something that that's a basic of life, and it's foundational to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, it's something that uh, that has to be, it should be built up. And New Year's is a is a good time to start stuff like that, right? I mean, we've been in the series, I know, but I mean, it's a good time to set some New Year's resolutions. Everybody does that, right? Or I mean, a lot of people do set New Year's resolutions. Any, anybody in here has made some New Year's resolutions? I mean, you don't have to tell what it is or anything, but just anybody saying New Year's resolution? Okay, one? One New Year's resolution? The rest of us are pretty happy with who we are, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I, heard, I saw the other new, on the news the other day that um, I think that, you know, people make New Year's resolutions, and I think it said about 38% of them uh, are done with, and they quit by uh, the end of February, 1st of, of March, and uh, about 56% have given up by July, which actually I didn't think that was too bad. I mean, it's just a little less than 50% are, are still hanging in there with whatever their resolution is. Whatever it is they might uh, be, uh, be doing or thinking of their doing. People make resolutions for all different kinds of things. But as you know, most of the times the resolutions that we make are of a physical nature, a material nature. I'm going to go on a diet this year or I want to lose some weight or I'm going to join the gym or uh, I want to save more money or I want to not spend as much money or I want to learn how to slow down or I'm going to get home from the office earlier or I'm going to spend more time with my kids or, you know, we make all different kinds of resolutions. But most of those resolutions, as I said, are connected in some way to the physical, to the material. But what about the spiritual? How many of us make... uh, spiritual New Year's resolutions. If you've been uh, part of cross-culture for more than five minutes, uh, you probably know that um, that I am never satisfied with where anybody is uh, that, that God has given me as the under-shepherd of this flock. To, to, uh, to nurture and to grow up in Christ. I'm never satisfied because I don't think God, in a sense, is ever satisfied. He's, 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 he's happy when we're growing and productive, but it's an ongoing thing. As I, I'll say, I think uh, next week, I'll say something about this, that, that part of my, my job, uh, I mentioned last week, part of my job is to teach you the Word of God. It is, to teach you the Word of God. I'm going to do that. Whether people like it, don't like it, uh, whatever. I'm going to teach you the Word of God. But also, part of my, my calling is to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. You know, not where you want to be. Now, hopefully those line up. Hopefully we want to be where God wants us to be. But sometimes maybe they don't. But part of my goal is to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. So don't, so don't take this the wrong way when I say what I'm about to say. If you have been part of cross culture for a while, then you will be okay. You'll understand when I say this, you'll say, okay, he, we know he's going to say something else. If you're new here, don't walk out the door when I say this. All right? Am I building this up enough? (laughs) My wish for you in 2016 is death. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter four. We are walking through the book of First Peter. When we finish it, we'll go to Second Peter and looking at the building on this basic of hope. First Peter chapter four verses one through eleven. I'm going to read it all today. We're not going to cover everything in your outline. If you'd like to take notes, as Nate pointed out, there's an outline on the back of your uh, program. Uh, you can use that if you like. I've found that some people say, you know, I just I would just rather look and pay attention, or I'd just rather sleep, or whatever the case may be. But if you're a note taking person, that's why we provide that for you. It's completely. Uh, no obligation that you have to do that. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. We won't get that far today. Y'all okay with what I just said a minute ago? You know, I love you. By the way, you can wish death for me too. First Peter chapter 4. Here we go. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, which would be a reference to what? Death. Death is death on the cross. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. You hear what he's saying there? Transition taking place in our lives. For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles. Meaning just unbelievers is really what he, what he means there. In other words, you, you've had plenty of time in your life to do whatever sinful things. That, that, that time ought to be past. is what he's saying. If you're, if, if you're into this thing, if you've committed your life to Christ, that thing ought to be, ought to be passed. Having, having uh, pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking, Parties and abominable idolatry. It's not an exhaustive list, by the way. He's just, he's just throwing out there things that, that are common in, in Peter's culture in his day, and they're still common in our culture today. There's a reason why the, every third car you passed, probably on New Year's Eve, was a police car. In all this, they are surprised, meaning people that don't follow Christ, they are surprised that you do not run with them. ...into the same excesses of dissipation and they malign you. They, they insult you. They make fun of you. They, they don't understand you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead... ...that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is near... Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things, so that in all things, so that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Lord, Today, as we uh, dive into the fourth chapter of Peter's uh, first letter, uh, we're reminded of of just uh, how uncertain, in some respects, life can be. We don't know what 2016 holds for us. Some of it will be good. Maybe some of it will be great. Probably some of it will not be so good. Some of it may even be tragic. There may be loss, there may be gain. There will probably be tears, hopefully there'll be laughter, but along the way and all that happens and all that goes on, uh, my prayer for this, your people, is that we would continue to fulfill the purposes to which you have redeemed us and called us, that we would seek to honor and glorify you corporately as a church body, that Cross Culture Church would continue to make the name of Jesus famous everywhere we go. But corporately, we are made up of individual members part of the body. Whether a person's name is on the official roll or not, Lord, is not necessarily what I'm referring to, but but if we're part of this body that is Christ Jesus, then, then our desire should be to honor and glorify you. There's a lot that works against us in this world. Our own flesh certainly pulls against us. <coughs> the world uh, certainly wants to draw us in, in another direction, and as Peter says and as we'll talk about People that do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they absolutely do not understand uh, what we're talking about today. And we admit sometimes we have a hard time understanding what it means or all that it means or all that it should be. I'm praying right now that our hearts and our minds, our spirits would be open and receptive uh, today to what you would say through your word, through your messenger boy. I appreciate so much the opportunity to do this again today. God, thank you for your calling on my life. Thank you for so great a salvation. May our uh, wishes in 2016 truly be uh, to be all that we can be in Christ Jesus and all that he has for us. Bless these people. Bless these homes. Bless these families. Bless these relationships. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody said, Amen. All right, here's... uh, I've got a lot to say under it, but we're going to start with this one uh, main uh, theme this morning, and it's this. We are called to a life of death. You and I are called, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, and and I believe God desires that of everybody, we are called to a life of death. You know, I was thinking, even as I penned those words, I was working on this message, I, I was thinking, how strange that must sound to a person Outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe, maybe some of you, uh, especially if you came to Christ as an adult, maybe you can think back to remember how how crazy some of that stuff sounded to you. This idea of following Christ and committing to Christ and, and uh, giving your life for Christ and you know this guy that nobody you know living today's ever even seen. We can't we can't hear him audibly. At least most of us can't. If we're on our medication or whatever. How strange it must seem to, to to say that we're called to a life of death. A life of death? What what is, what is that all about? Peter goes into this idea of, of what it means to follow after Christ. And he and he begins uh, really I mean it's continual thought, but he's taking us back to, to chapter three and verse eighteen, that, that the purpose in Christ's coming was this purpose of death. And that he came and he died once for all. Remember that? And if you're here last week in chapter 3 and verse 18, this finality to this statement, this all-encompassing thought once and for all. That Jesus came to die. His purpose was to come and die. It was a physical, literal death. So he follows up then, he moves into chapter four, and he opens up and he says, and he says this. That he suffered in the flesh. Obviously, it is, it is I pointed out as we were reading it, it is a, a reflection back to the cross. That he suffered in the flesh. He literally died for the redemption of mankind so that, so that we could be forgiven. So as he moves into chapter 4, then he says, Arm yourselves also with the same purpose. What's he talking about? What same purpose? The same purpose that Christ had when he came. There's a sense that it's the same purpose. Now, we we don't redeem mankind. We don't redeem ourselves. But the same purpose of of suffering or dying in the flesh. Arm yourselves also with the same purpose. Because he who has suffered in the flesh... We already said that, 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 that he's talking about Christ's death on the cross. He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin... So in other words, this idea of death and, and, and dying to myself creates an opportunity for me to not give in to sin. Now, as I said, Christ died literally, physically, right? We know Peter can't be t- saying that. He's not saying, hey, Bill, you've got to physically die. Bill will, we all will someday, but, but in this idea of following Christ, he's not necessarily saying that we have to physically die. We know that because he goes on to say... So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh. So in other words, the rest of the time that you're alive in the flesh, you'd have the same mindset, you have the same idea that Christ had. You suffer in the flesh, the idea of dying in the flesh. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. So something happens, something changes. Remember, Jesus didn't come to fulfill his flesh. Right? He could have. I mean, he's God, man. He could have come and fulfilled every and any desire that he wanted to. He could have could have made it only, by, only about only by him. He could have established his kingdom, set it up, and said, That's it, I'm I'm king, and and you know, he could have done all of that. But he didn't come for that purpose. He came to die. He came to die physically so that you and I could be born again spiritually, right? Christianity one oh one. So in the same way, we are to live the rest of our time in the flesh with this same idea that it's no longer. Me who lives, I, I'm, I am dead. I'm putting to death my flesh. In other words, the ideas of the flesh, the, what the flesh wants, what the flesh thinks, what the flesh uh, uh, desires, those things that are in conflict with God's word, God's will, those things are put to death. Listen, it's not, it doesn't mean to say that we've got a call to life, to a life of death. doesn't mean a morbid life. It doesn't mean a sad life, or an unhappy life, but it means that it is a life where I, I've just, I, I'm, I'm making this decision. I'm making this conscious choice to die to myself, to my flesh. And from now on, I'm going to live to the glory of God. And Peter says, there it is. That's it. That's the secret. That's how you do this thing. That's how you pull this off. By making a conscious choice to die in the flesh not easy, is it? It's not easy at all. Because, I've said this many times, the flesh wants what the flesh wants. Right? And it doesn't even, I mean, I know, and I've said this before, we use this word lust, and in, in I think our minds tend to gravitate towards, you know, really, you know, sinful, you know. But it can be lust after anything that is contrary to the will of God, our desire or pull towards those things that are not in accordance with God's will for our life. And, and Peter says, this is it, man. This, this is the calling for the rest. Live the rest of the time that you're in the flesh, however long that is. No longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. There's the goal for followers of Jesus Christ. But as the old saying goes, talk is cheap. Because you could be here this morning, I could be here, and we could in all sincerity, with absolute sincerity, say, God, man, that's what I want to do. I want to die to my flesh. I want to I live to you. I want to honor you in my life. And, and, and I want to I be able to reject those, those sinful temptations and desires or whatever all they are. When they come my way, I want to be able to turn away from those things. I want to be able to follow you. you, you with all sincerity, you, you, could, you could make that conscious choice, that declaration, that declaration of death. You could, you could absolutely make that choice today. But the reality of living that out, y'all know what I'm saying? That becomes a different thing, doesn't it? Because I suspect, I don't know, but probably a significant number of you in here at one time or another, you may not have said it exactly the way I just said it, but at one time or another have said something very similar to that. God, I want to live my life for you. God, I I want it to be your will and not my will. God, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. All these things that I want to do. But then this little thing called the world, the the life comes along and business and and all of these things that, that... they come along in, and they pull and they pull and they pull us away more and more from God. So talk is cheap. The question is, how do we do it? How do we, how do we make a declaration of death and actually live in it? How do we pull off what Peter just said that we are called to do? Let me give you a few ideas this morning. First, look back at Jesus. Look back at Jesus. Again, I'm not going to read verse 1 again, but again, it's clear in verse 1 that Peter is pulling us back to that same idea that he talked about in chapter 3. Again, he's pulling us back to the cross. Again, he's pointing out this this very obvious thing that we've heard all of our lives, or many of us have heard all of our lives, but he's taking us back there again and again and again and again because it is at the cross that, that we've that we come to salvation. at the cross that we find our source of of strength and and inspiration and and all of those things is found in this relationship that exists because of what happened at the cross. And so here's how we do. We look back at Jesus. We look at Jesus as our salvation provider. If you uh, again have, have been here consistently for a while, you know that we believe this absolute teaching of the scripture that salvation is provided in one way and one way only through the blood of Jesus Christ. No good work you can do can save you. No amount of money you can give will get you into heaven. No, no anything that is only in placing our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that a person comes into a relationship with him and is, is redeemed, is, is forgiven of their sins and adopted in the family of God, right? But listen to me, Jesus didn't didn't intend to be our provider just so in the sense that just so our sins could be forgiven he died for our sins so that our sins could be conquered in our lives you understand what i'm saying to you that jesus didn't die just to take care of the penalty of sin the penalty of sin is what death Eternal separation from God, not just physically. Though. Jesus didn't die just to take care of the penalty of sin. Jesus died to take care of the power of sin in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He is the provider. He is the means. He is the channel through which this is made possible. He becomes the provider of our salvation. But, and I understand this, and I believe this is absolutely true... Knowing that and and, and, and and seeking his power and, and him, him living through us is how we overcome temptations and all that kind of stuff, I understand that this side of heaven we will we will never be sinless I, I think I can make a biblical case for that that this side of heaven we will never be sinless, but I believe it absolutely is God's desire that we would sin less. Do you understand that we would continue to move forward in this thing we would continue to to grow. I told Meredith, the young lady was baptized last week, and I I told her that 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 my objective in life, and that and I was telling her this, is, this could be her objective in life, it's a great objective in life is to be more like Jesus tomorrow than I was today. And I, maybe I had a good day, maybe I did everything, but but I, I you understand, it's not enough. i got I'm going to push this thing. I want to go farther. I want to be more like Christ. So we may never be sinless, but we absolutely can sin less. Jesus is the provider of not only the, taking care of the penalty of the sin, but taking care of the power of sin in our life. So we, we, we look back at that. We also uh, look back at Jesus as our salvation picture. In other words, he is our model for how we, how we, do, how we overcome this thing. He is, he is the picture through which we look at and we examine and we say, okay, how did Jesus handle this situation? How did Jesus do this? Uh, how much time did Jesus spend in prayer? Look at the time he spent in prayer. You go through the Gospels and see how much time Jesus spent in prayer. When Jesus was tempted, how did, how did he handle temptation when it came at him? Some of you already know this. He usually opened the Word of God. Well, he just, he already knew it. I mean, he just recited it, but... So, so he becomes this model for us on, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be pleasing to God and live my life in a way that's, that's fulfilling and rewarding and, and all that kind of stuff, then, then he, he's the one I look at. He's the one I try and, listen, there's nothing wrong with, we have brothers and sisters in Christ, and maybe some of you were led to Christ by, by an older, uh, more mature believer, somebody who walked Christ, and we oftentimes we look at them as examples. We, we, we do some mentoring, and, that, and that's great, but listen, people ultimately will fail will ultimately be imperfect. We may learn from people. We, we may have a relationship with people. But ultimately, there's our model. It's Jesus. He's the one that makes it all possible. He's the one we look to. He is the salvation picture. Okay? All right, so how do we make this thing happen? How do we do a, a life of death? Well, we, we, it starts by looking back at Jesus. Second, we look past others. You got to look past others. Listen, let me let me just put it this way: If you're going to follow Jesus, all right, Because Peter says in first in verse somewhere around verse four, there he says they're not going to understand it; they don't get it. Why don't you join in with them? Why don't you these excesses? Those things Peter listed a few things there. He says when when you as a follower of Christ, and this is the deal, <laughs> this is the deal that we would draw back from those things that you know. You may still party like a rock star, but, but the materials you party with probably change. You still have a great time, good time. I I, I love having a good time as a follower of Jesus. For one thing, I can remember it in the morning. And that's that's a good I couldn't, no, I couldn't never mind. you got to look past others. you got to, look at this, you got to look past their conduct. Because they don't understand this. They don't say, you know, if you say, no, nah, listen, I appreciate it, that, love to hang out, but, you know, I'm... I'm Whatever. They, they don't understand that, so they will, whether well, they do it right to your face or whatever, they, they will ridicule you, they will make fun of you, they will talk about you, they will think that you are strange, and, and by the way, if you're, if you're living your life, when it, when, it, when it come to those people we're talking about, whether it's family members or neighbors or co-workers or whatever, if you're living your life trying to look as normal as you possibly can, there's something wrong, you know what I'm saying? Because, because what Peter's saying here is, is, this is this is radical. This is drastic, right? I mean, you can't help but look different if you if you actually practice this. So, what I'm saying is, you got to ask. You just got to ask God for some tough skin. You too. You just got to ask God for some tough skin because people will hurt you, people will insult you, people will think you're strange, people will talk about you. I mean, goodness gracious! I mean, on, on a on a global platform, a mainstream media. Ridicules Christianity. Movies and television make fun of the idea of, of Christianity. Higher education insults us because we dare to believe that God's word is actually true. It's, and you, you just got to get some tough skin and say, God, it, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not about me ultimately. It's about you. So, so God, what, whatever. Whatever they say, whatever they think, you got to look past their conduct. Because they're going to say stuff. Not only you got to look past their conduct... But you have to look past their condition. Listen, um, being able to have tough skin, being able to look past the way somebody acts or treats you, that's, that's one thing. But it doesn't mean not caring about that person. Do you understand? You've got to look past their condition. One of the things, and I've said this for years, one of the things that's absolutely true is that lost people, people without a relationship with Jesus Christ, lost people act the way they do because they are lost. That's right. And listen, that's not an insult. That's just a reality. That's just where they are. It, it, with, when, 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 we, when a person comes into a relationship with Jesus Christ, God's Word teaches us that, that His Spirit comes to dwell within us, right? Right? His spirit comes to dwell within us. Now, I tell tell people this all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean lightning strikes or, you know, but that's what Scripture says. The spirit of God comes to dwell within us. A person without a relationship with Jesus Christ does not have the spirit of God dwelling within them. And so the only thing they have to work off of is what? Their own nature, their own flesh. That's who they are. That's all they know. So the choices they make that that are contrary to God's will, that's that's just who they are. Now, listen to me. It doesn't excuse their actions. The wages of sin, Romans 6.23, is still death. Eternal separation from God. But it does, at least for us, explain who they are and why they act the way they do. It's because that's who they are. That's how they act. You and I have to be willing to look past their condition, to look past who they are, to look at who they can be. Do you understand? In essence, what we have to do is we have to give a rip about where people will spend eternity because I'm going to tell you this if we do this long enough if you, if you really try and do this long enough and people don't understand you and people make fun of you and people do whatever they are going to do if you do this long enough it is very, very easy to become hardened to their condition do you know what I'm saying to you? maybe, maybe it's just me but it's very easy to think yeah, yeah they're going to get what they deserve oh yeah, oh yeah they'll be sorry someday I'm kind of thinking that God wants us to be sorry today for, for where they are in their life. Because they're, they're just who they are. That's all they know is the sinful nature and, and, the, and the pull of the, the, the lusts of the world and whatever all they mean. And then, and then when, you, when you add to it a, a media and everything else that, that is flowing like a river in this direction away from God. A person without the Spirit of God, how are they even going to begin to resist that? Doesn't, doesn't, excuse sinful actions. I'm just telling you, we have to look past their condition. We have to look at who they are and who they can be in Christ Jesus. They act the way they do because they are lost. So, I'm going to live this life of death. What I got to do, I got to look back at Jesus. i have got to look back at him as, as, as the pro- provider, but also as the picture. I've got to look past other people I've got to look past their conduct, how they act towards me, how they treat me. I've just got to look past all that. I've got to get some tough skin, and I've got to look past their condition. I've got to look to, to, to what God would have me do in their life, or how God might have me invest in life, or how God might use me to change their life. That does still happen, by the way. And uh, let me give you one. We have to look ahead to the end. If we're going to live this life of death, one of the major motivational components... Of a, of a successful uh life is 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 this right here to look ahead to the end peter says uh, they're in verse six or seven somewhere like that that the end of all things is near the end of all now listen it's been two thousand years since peter penned those words but they're just as true today as the day he penned them in other words from from the from god's perspective this really is just a a blink of an eye. From an eternal God's perspective, the, the amount of time that's transpired since Peter penned those words today is really just a blink of an eye. And the truth is, God is going to wind this whole thing up. Believe it, don't believe it. I don't. Whatever. But God is going to wind this whole thing up exactly when He intends to, it, when He is good and ready to do so. And there certainly are lots of signs and indications that that could be any day now. But what I do know is is whenever it will be. You and I can look forward toward that time, if we're going to live this life of death. And by the way, that is the calling, right? This, this is not optional. If you're a follower of Christ, you can't just well. I'd like to, I'd like to miss hell, you know. But I'll, the, all the other stuff, I'm, it's not optional. the The theme verse of Cross Culture Church, Luke chapter nine, verse twenty three, says. Jesus said to them, if anyone wants to follow me, he must give up himself and his own desires. He must take up his cross, an instrument of death, in that day, every day, and follow me. So if if I'm going to do this, part of the secret is looking ahead. And here's how that breaks down. Uh, Go ahead, Tyler, go ahead. We're going to look ahead to what will be... uh, Look ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Tyler. A little mixed up there. We're going to look ahead to what will be. Now, listen, I don't know. There's not a person in here that knows, there's not a person anywhere that knows what all heaven will be like. Okay? Right? God gives us enough, I think, maybe more than enough, to, to whet our appetite, to make us look for it, long for it. But nobody knows exactly what it will be, what all eternity and, and heaven will be like. We, we, we just don't know. Now, I have a, a sneaking suspicion. I'm quite confident in this, and I've said this before, but I'm quite confident that we won't be floating around on a cloud strumming a harp for all of eternity. That's not it. I have a sneaking suspicion that when the new heaven and the new earth come together, Revelation chapter 21 have a sneaking suspicion that that much of it will be very similar to what Adam and Eve experienced prior to the fall. But I I don't know. I don't know what all heaven and eternity will look like. But here's what we know. Here's what we know. And this is really important. We know that God is good. We know that everything God creates is good. Very good, as a matter of fact, were God's words. Man chose to to mar that very good creation of his own free volitional will when he rebelled against God and the sin curse entered the world. But God's word promises over and over and over again that someday God will restore, will rebuild, will remake this creation. And you and I get to share in that. And I don't know what it will be like, but, but we know what God is like. And we know that it will be good. And best of all, best of all, of the, what, the, the part of this, what's to come, is that we will know what it is to its fullest extent. We'll know what it is to actually have a relationship with God. I know we have it down here. We talk about it a lot. But to actually be face to face with God. I, I, I don't know if we can even comprehend what that means. Uh, but in the book of uh, John, maybe you've read these verses uh, before. John chapter 14. There are many rooms, as Jesus talking? there are many rooms in my father's house. The King James says uh, there are many mansions. There are many rooms in my father's house. If if it were not so, I would have told you I'm gonna I'm going away to make a place for you. And after I go and make a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. Now, this, this just sit on that one just a minute. I will come back, God Almighty talking. And take you, any, any and every one of you have trusted Christ as your Savior. Anyone watching, anyone listening, if you've trusted Christ, Jesus says, I will prepare this place for you. Then I will come back again for you and I will take you to where I am, to my home. Then you may be where I am. Jesus didn't say this, but it, it's left hanging there. Forever. 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 There are times when this world absolutely wears you out. And the more it does, the more you have to look up. The more it pulls you down, the more you have to look up at what will be for us. We have not experienced it in this life, but someday. Have to look forward to what will be. And then the second one that uh, Tyler brought up just a second ago, we have to look ahead to what won't be. How many of us look ahead to what won't be? Yeah. Because that means, among other things, that that all the stuff of this world that is considered of value and worth will be worthless. The prestige and power? No. Fame and fortune? Nope. Everything that this world considers valuable or or, uh, worthy to be held up will be no more. It'd be dust. That's what I like to say, isn't it? It's turning to dust. Calvin Klein? Can't find. Dior? No more. Gucci? Arrivederci. Hello, kitty? Goodbye, kitty. Louis Vuitton? He gone. Prada? Nada. Y'all impressed? I know all these fashion. They like had to look them up. But you, you see, it, not, not, none of this will matter. No, it, it just won't. It, it won't be anymore. And by the way, as long as we're on the subject of what won't be, try this one on for size. How about nobody ever walking out on you again, ever? How about nobody ever ever bailing out on you or disappoint you? How about no death? Does that sound pretty good? How about no cancer? How about no fear, no worry, no anxiety, no uncertainty, no doubt ever again because all of those things are part of this earth and this earth is dissolving away ladies and gentlemen. We can look ahead to what won't be. And it is in in that and all those other things we talked about that you that you suddenly find What you need, the strength you need, the resolve you need to actually make this declaration and to keep it. To say, I am dead to this world. I am dead to this life. I am dead to what my flesh wants or thinks or what others want or think or what their idea of happiness is. I am dead to those things so that I could live for Christ Jesus like I've never lived for him before. So that I can overcome every adversity in my life and I can have victory over those things because of who God is and because of what God has done for me. And so now, because of him, I can look at him and know that this can be made possible. I can look past others and who they are and how, how they act and how they act towards me. And, and I, can, I can look to who they can be in Christ Jesus. And I can look ahead to what will be and to what won't be. And in in the knowledge of that, I can keep pressing on, as the Apostle Paul writes, pressing on toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's how you make a declaration of death and then keep a declaration of death. Um, Tyler, I've got a Philippians passage, I think, don't I? Philippians uh, chapter 2 or something like that. Can you bring that up? See that there in the tiny little writing? Then we'll close it out. Okay, it probably, Tyler, I could be wrong. I have been before. Um, the point is, for our lives, what this comes down to is making a decision, a conscious choice, and then backing it up with the power and the resolve that God gives to us to accomplish what he wants us to do. He wants you to do exactly what Peter says. To therefore... Have the same idea, same thing that Jesus, is. he died in the flesh. Now, as long as you're in the flesh, you live the rest of your life so that you're no longer pulled by the lusts of the flesh, he says. But you live your life for the will of God. There's a great New Year's resolution for 2016
0: a call to die, a call to love, a call to serve. As I said in the beginning of our program today, following Jesus is not easy in this world. Few people are willing to die to themselves, love unconditionally, and serve selflessly. Nevertheless, that is the call for those of us who claim the name of Christ. As Pastor Clay pointed out in today's message, those three callings are intricately tied together. Unless you're willing to die to yourself, you probably won't love people when they don't deserve to be loved. And without a deep love for the body of Christ, you'll probably struggle serving The difference for us is the power of God working in us that enables us to do what our sinful nature doesn't want to do. With the Spirit of God working in us, we become the kind of person that dies to their fleshly desires, forgives others' faults, and faithfully serves the body of Christ. If we make it our New Year's resolution to answer our call as followers of Jesus Christ, then I'm sure we're going to see God do great things in and through our lives in 2016. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable to every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. Cross-culture Church, we're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where you'll find what you're searching for. Cross Culture Church.
1: I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the-
0: Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.